This is the Skate Podcast on WEEI.com and the Radio.com app. For the first time in 39 years, the Boston Bruins have won the Stanley Cup. Talking Bruins in the NHL. Sure, old-time hockey. Like it is sure. Yeah, yeah. With Ken Laird from the Greg Hill Morning Show. That's evidently what Ken Laird wants you to believe. And WEEI.com Bruins writer Matt Kalman. Everything gonna be all right? <laughs> Place him up for some bees talk right now. It's the Skate Pod. Some Escape, I'll give it a B, B plus. On WEEI. Holy, this is a big time show. It is a big time show. All right, time for another exciting edition of the Skate Pod. We have relocated to the former WAAF studios. Our tumbleweeds blowing up uh, here, but I like our new podcast setup overlooking uh, the magical Brighton facility here at Entercom. Matt Kalman is here. We have two hours of Sunday skate this Sunday. Just want to get that programming noted. You, ha- you have two hours of Sunday skate this Sunday. You'll be there. I mean, don't 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 pretend you're not going to be there at seven a.m. I know there's a big Tampa game late. You can do it. You can handle it. If not, it's just me. And Sunday Pete. is my birthday, and I'm not getting up. If not, call Fred. In New Hampshire will be first out of the shoot, and he's going to be uh, he's going to be on for a full half hour if you don't come <laughs> in. Uh, the Bruins a big win Tuesday in Tampa, two one over the Lightning at Amelie Arena. Oh, I should mention real quick, we are brought to you by Red River Technology and. Subscribe, follow the Skate Pod at the yep. Skate Pod on Twitter, Podcast, Stitcher. Leave some nice reviews. You can cancel out the, <laughs> the the wacko reviews that we get. The win over Tampa, biggest takeaway from the win that is they won what? the division, that they just demoralized the Lightning. I mean, they really did take them out of their game. They were. So I mean, in the third period, it was it was packed in, and uh, you know, it was yeah, not- that was that was a little disturbing. I mean, I really thought they were begging to blow that lead for those for about ten minutes, which has been a theme, right? They, if they blow that game, right. it's, it's more back to and, the and so many chances to just clear the puck, and they weren't getting it in. And it was funny because earlier in the evening, I had watched my nine year old's game, and they had similar situation issues getting the puck out. It was like they would get it like with a, with an inch of cars in the blue line, and couldn't do it. You know, it's got, they got to pay the price a little more, but. I mean, the fact is, the first two periods they should have been up four or five. Not, the one gave me newfound respect for Vasilevsky, who I think gets a little overrated sometimes by the the Canadian media there. And uh, but yeah, I mean, you you just saw what they can do to this Lightning team. I mean, without Stamkos, clearly a, a little bit of a factor, but you know you, they're supposed to be deep enough to to handle that. And the forechecking was just relentless, and you love to see that. Um, clearly, getting Chris Wagner in there helped them, and you know Richie and Kasha playing. With getting their legs a little bit, it helped. They were clicking on all cylinders, and if if they'd gotten a bouncer too, they would have had a, a more comfortable lead. But even in those ten minutes or so where they were, you know, bend but don't break type thing, you had to like some of the things they were doing. They were keeping them wide. Mm-hmm. Tuca was was zoned in. You know, they yeah. got the break on the one, the fluky goal that got called back. I don't. I still can't figure out how that got break. past it was, Tuca. It, 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 Perfect call, right? Yeah, I guess it was a perfect call based on the, the loss. So um, even with the revamped offsides, that would still be offsides, right? Right, breaking exactly. the plane and whatever yep. they're trying to do here. And uh, you know, Marsham managed not to puke all over the ice, so they were good. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, standings right now have Boston, as you mentioned, here on as we sit here on Wednesday and record this nine up with fifteen to play. Yeah, I mean, this um, thing is over. I mean, the, the fact that you look at the schedule, you look at the way um, they're playing, they're they're going to rack up enough points that, to put this away, and then. We'll see if they're the President's Trophy winners too, and I don't think people should, should people should not be afraid of being the President's Trophy winner at this point. This team, if if any team can deal with that pressure and not be phased by some nonsensical jinxes, it's, it's these guys, right? I would think so. Although currently they would face Columbus, which would be an interesting matchup because yeah. you played them last year, right? And that's the Columbus team that magically took out Tampa as the eight seed. It's a year also ago. the team that doesn't have Panarin, Dzingel, <clears throat> yeah. Duchesne. I mean, it, it's a totally different team. First of all, they don't even have the players that they had this year. <laughs> I just saw Bjorkstrand done eight to ten weeks. Right. Um, you know, Jones is still out. 
as Merzlikens is out. So th- that, even if, if that team somehow miraculously even hung on to that spot, you know that would be their <laughs> championship of the year. I'm but suspicious it'll be Carolina. When they play a lot done. more games too. Columbus, a lot of they everybody have, has they everybody have three has games more games in Carolina. So I, I don't really factor. Yeah, Carolina. Rangers, or the Islanders, and Islanders. That's kind of the, the the mix you're looking at right there. And you know, the way the Rangers have played lately, you're not too worried about them. I mean, maybe no. if just Thurston comes back healthy, they're 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 a threat. But you just blank Kreider out for nothing. But Islanders look demoralized. I think yeah. you know, it's, adding Pajot was great, but they did they did kind of like what the Bruins did a little bit. Only they needed they needed more, and they didn't get it. I mean, obviously they were working on that Parisi thing. Uh, for a while, and thought maybe they were going to get it done, and right. they didn't get it done, and they didn't add that. They needed to get one more scoring winger. I mean, they, that team cannot score, and that's been their case for two years now, and they didn't get it done. I mean, Pajot, they're playing him on the third line, and he's he's doing his job, and he's worth that five million. I think that's a great deal for them, but he's not going to be the difference maker that, to make up all the all the goals that they're not getting. And then we know what Carolina's deal is. I mean, they'll probably get in once their goalies come back healthy, and. Uh, we, you know, the you add Trocheck to that lineup. They're a little deeper, maybe, than they were last year. But we saw the Bruins able to, able to kind of handle them. the The best part, perhaps, of finishing first will be watching Tampa and Toronto slug it right. round one. That would be <laughs> what, what a joy that'll be to watch those two. I mean, <laughs> Toronto. I guess you know it's amazing that Toronto was complaining about the e bug situation because and they pretty much complain about everything. But this playoff format was basically invented for them to make sure they make the playoffs because they literally could lose every game the rest of the year and get in because based on the fact that you know what who's going to steal the spot for them not florida, florida and florida's not montreal back. florida's five back with a game in hand they're not out of it. i mean as embarrassing as toronto's been this year and all as banged up as they've been also i mean i'll give them some you know mm-hmm. some some excuses no morgan riley no cody cc for as long as they've been out that's fine you know they lost uh Janssen there so um I would give them some, but they're still not that good, and yet they're not really in a fight for this playoff spot because Florida is everything I told you they'd be uh, July 1 when they decided to spend all their money on one goalie. But even if you had the old format, uh, they'd still make the playoffs. They're like seventh in the East. But they'd points. be in a harder fight. Right now they're only being challenged by like literally one team. If if they were in the fight one through eight, those teams we mentioned would, would be battling with them. You know what I mean? Yeah, I you, guess. You could, you, there's, a situ, there's a scenario here where they, they make it as the third-place team in the Atlantic, yep. and a team from the Metro doesn't make it with more points, right? So th- these formats, just so some marketing guy on Madison Avenue can help the NHL print out <laughs> brackets and get a sponsor <laughs> and let people check out their bracket. I like the brackets. Which in the National Hockey League <laughs> is the stupidest thing because the upsets happen in every round. So who, who's... Filling out a bracket. Not to mention, there's only eight of them. It's not 64-team tournament. It's not the NCAAs. I'll tell you what the actual biggest takeaway from the Tampa game was. It was the Krejci line matching up with Point and Kucherov for much of the game. And I don't know if that's going to continue or what the adjustments John Cooper would make in a playoff series. But when these teams meet in round two, and that's going to happen, it's it's almost a fait accompli. Two years ago, you know, Braden Point outplayed Bergeron, and it was a stunner. And he's in a different role now. That's the thing. Different role. Sorelli is the point right now. So I know. Um, So you know, it's hard to you know. Stamkos will be back at that point probably, so everything gets possibly flipped around. But that's encouraging that the Krejci line could be used with the two new guys. Well, uh, it could be if if that line can hold its own in the defensive zone. And we don't. I don't still have a feel for how Richie and Kasha play. In the defense, though, we saw it against Tampa with the block shots and the, and the and decent play on the breakouts and helping supporting the D. But we don't know in a playoff series, especially against if they're playing against guys like Point and Kucherov, we don't know how that 
what will pan out. But if you have home ice advantage, at least you don't have to worry about it for half the games anyway, or for right. more than half. So I mean, it's only one positive game. I, I still, I'm not sure what the Bruins have here. Kasha shoots all the time. He <laughs> shoots from everywhere. That's the one thing you can say about him. I, no I, wonder his shooting. I, 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 so I saw low. him push somebody. That's a good sign too, because oh. you want to see somebody get pushed. And you know, Richie a little bit. Um, yeah, I want. I, I wonder where the master tinkerer. The the master master toggler as his his word Bruce Cassidy how, how hard is it for him right now to keep those three together you know he's dying to change some lines up but he really has to give them give him a stretch a, a stretch here and now it's been three games and they've won two of them or well, they've won all three but they've won two of them against you know Eastern Conference playoff type opponents have has that line been the factor that it should have been uh, to an extent right but. Uh, it's got to be hard for him to not be looking at other options. Krug makes a dynamite play to set up the Marchand goal. I mean, uh, I tweeted right afterwards, just sign the guy. I mean, it's you watch him out there and uh, the energy and the, yeah. the offensive instincts and the, just the chemistry with these guys. Right. Get the deal done. What yeah, is and that's happening? why everyone on Twitter is dancing around to see that projection on the salary cap, right? Mm-hmm. It might go up as much as – I mean, even if, it, even if it's 84, that's $2.5 million more. On top of what you freed up with the Bacchus and and Heinen trades, yeah. Danton Heinen, by the way, two goals for the Ducks in the last oh, did three he? games. Yeah, oh. so he's playing good. But um, you know that that's definitely plays in their favor too. And you know clearly there there could be room for for most of these guys. I mean, maybe you're, you're going to have you know not only salary cap space, but if you're going to have the Bruss, Coleman, uh, Bjork, Richie, Kasha. Then uh, we'll talk about with Mark Diver in a little bit about Frederick and Lauco. There's just not there's just so many spots. True, and you don't none of these guys necessarily maybe a couple of them project as fourth liners. Yeah, and you're pretty much locked in on, on fourth liners. So at some point you have to kind of trade from strength, even if it's just to replenish your draft pick pool. If it's not a first, maybe add another second, maybe add some a future first, something like that. And I'm glad you mentioned Mark Diver. I forgot to tease. Uh, we're going to talk prospects with Mark coming up, prospect guru from New England here in just a few minutes. Uh, the other, of course, big takeaway was Jake DeBrusque, and, and finally he's getting off the schneid. Uh, it's a nice goal. I mean, he seemed pumped about it. It was a good playoff atmosphere. It turns out to be the game winner. Does this get yeah, him I, going? I, I, mean, I think I've learned after all these, after these three years now to not get too carried away yeah. when Jake DeBrusque scores. So that's why I didn't. I didn't focus my post game story on him getting off the Schneid, and yep. this podcast will be dated by the time he has an over a zero 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 against Florida on Thursday. You know, you yep. don't know. I mean, this could be his hot streak, but maybe you don't want him to have the hot streak now. Maybe you just wanted to save it for April. But you know, I think his details were better when he wasn't scoring these last few games before this game, and I think he's definitely a guy we've seen now that responds to the competition or the threat of competition when they bring in Richie and Kasha and. Sweeney's making declarations about guys coming up from Providence, even if there's there's no injuries. That, uh, that at least that's the one thing that seems to kind of spark him sometimes. It also was you know it got to be chippy at the end of the second. Nordstrom has the fight. What do you think about Tampa? Uh, you know the toughness quotient for Tampa. They did add Maroon. Yeah, Maroon Chernak. Uh, you know Coleman's got an edge, so there, there's some toughness there. They, they've, they, they've tried they, to get they match tougher. up with them tough ones. I, I think so too. I, I think yeah. it's almost like I mean Tampa's tried, but that's not the, who they are. I think are. the Maroon thing too is just funny because obviously you know it goes back to the St. Louis series, and he's he's he seems to always be picking on Tory Krug. Somehow he's always hitting Tory Krug. So we'll see if he keeps picking on the little guys. Like Charles wanted a piece of him at the end of the second, but he Maroon <laughs> wanted no part of it. Yeah, they've done that before, so you can't knock him. You know Maroon's. I think they've I think they've fought three times Maroon and Char. So it's funny to have him in there in the mix. But you know the, the Bruins have the, the the positive that they're you know that first line 
for all their greatness, they also have a little bit of an edge to them. You know, yeah. they, you know, Bergeron is they can be a little tough, and I don't necessarily see that on a Kucherov too often. So, or even even Stamkos. So, I, I mean, I, I'm overreacting. I, I've now flipped to the point because I because Tampa was my preseason pick. Yeah. After watching that, it's one head to head. I know I know Stamkos isn't in there. I'm picking the Bruins in a series there. I just I like uh, Boston's yeah, matchup there. I think the Bruins are going to obviously in their heads. win this division now. But uh, I'm not gonna. I want to see what happens to come through this first round, and then I'll make my assessments too. You know, I mean, but you come out on home ice and get punked for two periods. I mean, that yeah. was an impressive Bruins performance. Yeah, you know, you have to wonder what was going on with the light. You think they were really trying to? They were coming out. They were coming out physical. But the Bruins uh, and they actually had a good chance retaliate. early. They, they Tyler little, Johnson missed a bouncing puck and yeah, a half. And they, they hit some posts. They I didn't. mean, it was a little closer than um, I thought. It was interesting though. That that's the way, and this is what I wrote. That that's the way the Bruins. Sh- this is this is the playoff. Bottle what you did for most of that game and play that in the playoffs because the and this is what happened with St. Louis and a little bit with Columbus. The, the retaliation. You want to be the ones initiating. Don't be the one retaliating. And the yeah. Lightning were the ones always trying to chase after guys retaliate slashing and pushing and things like that so it, it bodes well but you know there's still plenty to to figure out here like i said about the crutchy line is that going to be your line or is bruce going to keep tinkering and uh you know who gets to be in the, in the lineup at the start i mean I'm, I'm a little surprised now that kuhlman's out unless their attitude with kuhlman is okay he knows we know what he gives us i think that's so we keep him sharp, it. but we don't yep. overuse him. And then if if this, the rest of these guys don't pan out, it's Coleman's job. Well, so. you're a favor of the load management, so start rotating guys. Absolutely, you know? load management for sure. All right, let's bring on Mark Divert, who uh, formerly with Providence Journal. He come, I don't know how many decades he was uh, down covering uh, the P Bruins. He's still on that beat, but covers a lot of college hockey as well. Wanted to bring him on to talk about Stanika, and uh, we did so. And here's our chat with Mark this week. We almost brought him on uh, bright and early this past Sunday, or at least you, called him. I you call almost him. called on Sunday morning. I would not call him 8 o'clock on a Sunday morning. I wouldn't call anyone I liked on 8 o'clock on a Sunday morning. <laughs> Mark, Mark, you'd have been up, right? I mean, uh, I think uh, I might have just been uh, pouring the first cup of coffee at 8 o'clock. Well, the question I really wanted to ask you was about uh, Stanika, but before we get there, I want to wet the pad a little bit. Uh, Lazan has been playing excellent here. Did you see this coming? And, and, and is it fair to say he's leaped the Bruins' prospect uh, rankings I don't know if you had any kind of rankings before the year began, but I didn't expect him to be sticking here as a solid uh, third-pair guy. Did you? I didn't think it would get there this fast. I think uh, over the course of the year, he did leap. He was already ahead of Zavoral, and uh, I think, uh, going in. and But I think he's jumped past uh, Vakanainen over the course of this season. They're different kind of players. You know, I think Lozon's a third-pair guy. And I think uh, Vakanainen has the potential to be a uh, you know a three or a four, maybe a two, uh, but he hasn't. You know, he's had kind of a kind of a uh, not a great year, in my opinion. He, he's okay, but I think he needs uh, he still needs more more work. Well, like what specifically you think has has been off about his game? Well, uh, there's times in games when maybe he's not that engaged. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think Cassidy made this point at a practice when he was up with Boston that you know maybe his uh his effort level in that practice wasn't uh, what it needed to be and I you know that's uh that's a pretty big red flag when the coach of the NHL team points that out sure. about a kid uh, a prospect I think uh that uh, you got to take you got to sit up and take notice when the boss says that you know what what in particular about as you mentioned Lazard is a much different player but do they do you think the organization fancies him as Kevin Miller um, in the making, or what really stood out to them uh, about him? Well, he's—I don't know that he's Kevin Miller in the making. I, I don't think 
he's tough. He's willing to fight. I don't think he's Kevin Miller tough, but uh, I could be I could be proven wrong. Kevin Kevin had a lot, some fights in the American League where he just crushed people, and uh, I haven't seen that with Lozon. I, I see uh, I see a guy who's a who can handle himself and is a decent fighter, but I don't think he's Kevin Miller tough or Kevin Miller strong at, at this point. So I don't know that they think of him that way. I think they think of him as a shutdown guy, you know, who can play against uh, against good players and be physical, be abrasive, and and things like that. You're not going to get a lot of offense out of him, I don't think. Although he, uh, every once in a while, you see him jump up. I think there was one play last night where he made a good play in the to get uh, to get up the ice in the offensive zone. But he's not the the kind of offensive guy that that maybe Vakaninen can be down the road. I think he's uh, you know, he's a shutdown guy who can uh, can be put out there against uh, another against a good line and and do a and do a good job shutting them or keeping them off the board. Well, let's get to Stanika. He he has been uh, obviously we've been watching uh, you know not only your tweets but uh, uh, Providence Bruins just kind of following his some of the highlights and the, and the numbers have soared the last what do you say a couple of weeks or has it been longer than that? What's the hot stretch for? For Stanika, uh, it hasn't really been the last couple of weeks. Maybe ten games. He had a stretch. He had a stretch in in January where he he went cold, and uh, when he got it back going, as he does now, he's just he's really taken off. He's been just a a tremendous player the last uh, the last little while, putting up all kinds of numbers. He's playing about eighteen minutes a game. He plays. He, he kills penalties. He's on the power play. You know, he's been their best player for. Uh, for quite a while now, and has it been? I mean, do you think at this point is it? Is he? Um, you've seen a lot of guys that get to the point where okay, they're just ready. I mean, how would you kind of you know assess his his readiness? Because you know, Don Sweeney talked about someone possibly getting a look up here at forward uh, in the next few weeks, and uh, everyone just assumes that's probably him. And and do you think he's ready for that? Well, I think he could he could hold his own up there. The thing is, though, he's he's thriving down here as a center. Um, not as a wing. So unless somebody gets hurt up there, I'm guessing he slots in at, at wing, not center. Right. Um, can he do it? Well, I wouldn't put it past him, but ideally he'd, he'd be a center up there, the, the position he's been playing, I think, his whole life and that he's most comfortable at. So, yeah, I think he could, uh, I think he could hold his own. Would, uh, you know, somebody, if a center got hurt, and uh, then, yeah, plug him in, see what happens. Just looking ahead to next year, I mean, you know, there have been some crazy theories. I think Kalman is, is floating the Krejci trade uh, theory. Is, <laughs> is he ready to slot in at third line center for a full season in 2021? Yeah, I think he is. I think he is. Yep. He's been that good. Uh, and he's he's getting better all the time. And, uh, you know, there was an interesting incident or, or play in last Wednesday's game where he tried to uh, – you know, toe drag a couple of guys in the middle of the ice at, at the red line. And, you know, they took it off him and went in on a 2 on zero and scored. And Jay Leach sat him for about five minutes after that. And, he, you know, he's he's being held accountable down here. as a He's the top prospect in the organization. I think that's pretty clear. But he still has things to learn, and he's being held accountable. And he'll, you know, he continues to get better. You know, in my in my view, I would think next year, would be his uh, his time of arrival. You never know what's going to happen. You know, Donnie hasn't called me lately to uh, 
to get my feedback. So, uh, <laughs> you know, we'll see. He's too busy scouring the world for Richies, you know. I don't know if there's any other brothers <laughs> right. out there. but Right, right. Well, who is the next guy up then? If, if you're right in Stanika, they want to keep it center. Let's say they need a wing. Who's, uh, who's the first man up? Well, maybe it's Trent Frederick. Um, again, he's been, he's been playing center. Uh, he might be more comfortable on the wing than uh, his game might translate more to that than, uh, than Stadnikas would. You know, he's not going to put up points for you, I don't think, up there at this point. But you got to love the physicality, the, the the way he plays. He he steps in every time there's a hit on one of his teammates. He's he's right there. You know, I think he's had seven or eight fights, and uh, I think he's only lost one of them. He, he's you know he's a very tough kid. Uh, I would I would put my money on him if they uh, if they were to go that route and 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 look for a guy on the wing as opposed to center. And it's funny because if if Richie, I mean, I think Richie's been fine so far, but if if Richie doesn't start to you know kind of up his phys- his physicality and, and his game, I mean, let's face it, this fan base is is really thirsty for a guy like Frederick to come up here and bang some heads and. Maybe that's a part of what uh, Donnie Sweeney's thinking when he's talking about somebody coming up here. You know, he's, maybe that's to light a fire under someone like Richie to say, you know, you gotta you gotta keep this job because this kid's waiting for you. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's possible. The one thing about Frederick though is I, I'd hate to see him, you know, be plugged in as just a like a fourth line sluggo type mm-hmm. guy. I, I think he can be much more than that. He can be he can be a real player, not just a guy. Where you stick out there when there's a big hit and you need, you know, you need an answer. But maybe that's his way in the door at this point. And then, uh, you know, as we go here, or he, as he goes, he can he can continue to develop. A couple other guys I wanted to ask you about, Mark. We're talking to Mark Diver. You can follow him on Twitter at Mark Diver with two V's. He's out covering college hockey and uh, obviously uh, the P Bruins as well. You mentioned Zaboro, so how about back there? He's playing a lot with Camper. Is that right on the top pair down there? No, he's playing with DDA, okay. uh, Josiah DDA. And they have uh, rounded into just a great shutdown pair for Providence. And Zaboral has really come on. Um, he's probably been, over the last little while, 10 games, 8, 10 games, he's probably been the best defenseman all around. You know, it's been a long, let's face it, it's been a long wait, uh, although he, he's only a third-year pro and he's, what, 21, 22 years old. It seems longer than that, right? It's been five years since they drafted him, but... You know he's showing uh, he's playing as well as he's played down here in those three years. He's been prone to one big mistake in every game <laughs> until until the last, you know like a, a giveaway, a pass that make you think you know what what the heck was he thinking there? But he, he's slowly but surely he's he's getting that out of his game and just being playing within himself. I think it helps to have a partner like Didier who's just you know a meat and potatoes right-handed D. Just moves, gets the puck, moves the puck, defends. That pairing has been has been really good. Cooper uh, Zek is a guy you've been talking about, and we even talked about in the off season a bit. Has he flashed? Cooper has had uh, he's had some stretches where he wasn't so good, but lately he's been good. You know, as a kid, as young as he is, and uh, you know, inexperienced, he came in after one year of college, severely undersized. Uh, at I don't know, maybe he's 160 pounds. I'm not sure. He does pretty well. Uh, you can see why they might think that he has some promise. He's, uh, you know, he's the new, the new age kind of D. Defends, uh, has to defend with his feet because his size isn't there. But uh, is very smart with the puck. Skates very well. 
you know, he's he's not even under an NHL contract yet. Right. He's got a he's got a long ways to go, but I, I would say his uh, his arrow is pointing up at this point. And then one more before I know Matt wants to ask you about the goalies as well, but uh, what about Lauko? You mentioned in a tweet that he put on like twenty pounds since they drafted him. Uh, just watching him in the preseason, he was exciting. How, how's his game? Well, he just came back on Sunday. It was his first game back from that in, uh, injury in the World Juniors right. in uh, the day after Christmas. So he, uh, you know, he's got a lot of rust on his game, but he is just a a tremendously exciting young player. I think he's still 19 years old. He could be playing junior hockey this year, but he, I think he has tremendous upside as, you know, maybe a second line uh, left wing, maybe even, maybe even first line, who knows, but, uh, the combination of speed and, you know, he can fire the puck. Uh, he's not afraid in the least. He's a bit of an agitator. In fact, he's a ways away. You know, he's got a, he's got a, I think have a one full healthy season in the American league to me which it hasn't been this year, obviously, with the injury, but he's a very exciting prospect. He really is. And so when we look, we always talk we talk endlessly about off-season stuff in this, on this podcast, and so yeah. you know we're, we're worried about Yar Halak and whether he'll be coming back. I mean, do you see, is someone like Vladar ready to maybe at least challenge to be Tuka's backup, and that would maybe kind of you know relieve some of the tension there? Well, maybe. I wouldn't want to – I wouldn't want to uh, – say definitively that that he's ready yeah but he's he certainly has he looks like he's turned a corner this year from uh from being you know the very inexperienced very raw kid that he was to now he's more of a uh more of a professional more of a uh, a guy who he's you know if the playoffs started tomorrow and jay leach was going to go with his best guy i think it would be Vladar. Mm-hmm. um not that the legacy's been uh, been bad in any way. He's one of the best goalies in the league. But right. Vladar's been, been very, very good. I wonder if a lot of the talk among uh, you know the so-called prospects gurus is <laughs> Swayman, Kaiser, Swayman, Kaiser. No mention of Vladar. Mm. Well, Vladar's way ahead of those guys at this point, you know, today. And I, I wonder if that uh, might have lit a little, little, little fire under him that... Yeah. Uh, the fact that no one no one's been talking about him really for a long time, I think maybe that helped him. Just one more from me, anyway. Uh, we did get a tweet to the, the Skate Pod Twitter handle that uh, asking about Swayman and just like what his we we know what the numbers say, and I guess if if you, if a number of shots you know will uh, will make a great goalie, I guess he's on his way. But uh, you know, <laughs> has he really taken the, these these steps to kind of maybe you know play his way into the mix at some point? Yeah, I think he has. I think he has. Uh, Mike Dunham, the goalie, the goalie guru down here, is uh, is very, very high on him. You know, the workload at Maine and the the fact that he's been he's been on a, a bad team until this year. Maine is, Maine's pretty good this year, but right. he's uh, they give up chance after chance after chance, and he he is the only thing you know holding uh, holding the roof up there. And I think that's helped his development. Uh, talking to Mike Dunham the other day, he. He said the same thing. He's been in situations where he gets bombed for six or seven goals, and he's got to come back the next night and be good, and he's done it. So I think that's uh, that's been great preparation for uh, for what lies ahead in the pro game. I expect he'll be signing within days of uh, when Maine's season ends, okay. even though he has he could go back and play one one more year, but there's really no point in that now. He's done he's done everything he. He can, I think, in the college game to get to get better, and now it's time to uh, now it's time to get paid. 
And real quick, and maybe Matt, you know the answer to this too. We got we also had a question on the Skate Pod Twitter about uh, Forsback at Carlson, who went to Sweden. It, it, could he be ticketed back to Providence next year? Have you guys heard anything about that? I have not heard anything about that. Uh, I would be surprised if that happened. Okay. His performance last year, I think, uh, you know, I think he's, I think he's done with the Bruins, and the Bruins are done with him. That's just my opinion. I don't. Nobody's told me that, but yeah. uh, you know, he had some issue uh, where he, he needed to be at home this year, and maybe that issue affected his play last year. I don't know. But looking back on some of the the time he spent in Boston, had me shaking my head every game. Like, why is this guy up there? <laughs> yeah. You know. What what is going on here, right? Right. So I, you know, I think uh, I wouldn't be shocked to see him involved in a trade, whether it's just for a draft pick or as part of a bigger trade. But I'd be shocked if he ever uh, if he ever came back and uh, and played uh, for the Bruins, either in Providence or Boston. And, and and also another real real quick. Where's what's Richie's brother doing? The the, the other Richie. Do you talk to him? Is he in the is he in the lineup these days? What's going on? Well, he's out with a knee injury. Yeah. He uh, he actually accidentally collided with Studnika in a game, and uh, he's been out. That was about two weeks ago. He's week to week. You know, when he first came down, he was full of uh, full of energy and playing hard. And after the first few games, you know, I don't know whether it sunk in that holy holy crap, this is my this is my fate. <laughs> you know, I'm <laughs> the energy uh, disappeared a little bit. Yeah. But the weekend he got hurt, he actually in the the game that he got hurt in, he 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 sprung uh, Providence loose for a goal with a big hit on the forecheck, and then a couple of shifts later he was out there looking for a fight. Uh, he didn't find it because Providence put the puck in the net and you know the whistle blew and all that. But then a few minutes after that he gets hurt, so it's up in the air with him uh, as far as the rest of the year. They've won uh, eight in a row. I don't think uh, they they don't need to rush him back into the lineup. That's for sure. They're uh, they're good. Mark, you're the best. We appreciate you uh, taking some time and, and talking Bruins prospects with us. Anytime, guys. Thanks. Yeah, thanks a lot, Mark. All right, there he goes, Mark Diver, who is freelancing his ass off by his own description on his <laughs> uh, Twitter site. He knows his stuff. Uh, I've sat beside uh, Mark many a game and. Uh, Always a wealth of knowledge. And it's interesting to hear that uh, Frederick is ahead of Stanika. Basically, he's saying, forget about Stanika. They're going to keep it centered. Didn't you well, read it that way? He's, he's it's his opinion, street. but I think um, I think they're still considering it. You know what? It, it, talking to him, it made me realize when he's saying, you know, they want to keep him at center and somebody gets hurt. Well, at this rate, someone doesn't have to get hurt. You know, a few more points here, and they might, they've, they've opened the, at least Bruce Cassidy has talked about load management. Maybe if Patrice Bergeron's getting a night off, what's, what, what better place for Studnicker to come up and get his feet wet than oh, to play true. with Martian and Pasternak? Or, you know, I, I but assume that's a, a, a short term thing, though. Not, right. like, not like he's I the don't answer. Think, I think, I mean, based on what the way they've played lately, would you be looking to break up this lineup much beyond maybe, you know, dropping Chris Wagner down? You don't want him to be your third line right wing going forward, but. Um, there, there's there's maybe some opportunity for Sidnick on the wing, but maybe there's more opportunity for Frederick, and maybe you see both of them at, at some point come up. You know, clearly they have to manage. They only have three call-ups left before the end of the year, so they have to kind of manage that. So maybe you call one up for a couple of weeks and the second one and, and hope you don't get into too much injury trouble because they, they are so deep at this point. Remember, they have three extra forwards to begin with, so right, they, don't, they don't have to worry too much about uh, about injuries, you know, leaving them shorthanded. And that might be the way to go, and I'm glad to hear them talking about load management, and that goes for the captain, too. The soon-to-be 43-year-old captain will need some time off, whether he likes it or not, and hopefully they, they, they take that, and they think 
their attitude is is my attitude that this is over. I mean, they're going to win this division, and then it's just they're, they're probably deep enough based on their schedule to to get enough points to, to at least finish the top of the East, if not the the President's Trophy, while doing the load management. That's what you you're some, that's what good teams do. You had tweeted out, uh, retweeted somebody that uh, the magic number to clinch is eleven and a half. Yeah, combination of Bruins wins, Lightning losses. I mean, the schedule is in their favor. I mean, yeah, you could say that some of these teams are fighting for their lives. A tie, I guess a tie, something like that. (laughs) But uh, you know, you look at the schedule now. You have the one more game with Tampa on Saturday, and then you have that game with St. Louis last week of the season. Otherwise, you're playing against either teams that are playing out the string, Mm -hmm. or you're playing against these these wild card teams. That yes, they're fighting for their lives and they're going to be playing their best game. But a lot of them, their best game isn't all that great. If you've been watching these teams, I mean, right now between the Rangers, Islanders, Blue Jackets, Hurricanes, does anyone want them? To, does any of them want to make the playoffs? Because they all keep losing on a nightly basis here. So uh, I wouldn't be too concerned about that. I'd be more concerned about getting the load management done. Uh, as far as the D prospects go, uh, Zaboral thumbs up, Vakanine and thumbs down. So yeah. Does it say anything about Krug's future or not to you? Or, or I don't Charles? know. But one thing that's funny about Zaboral, and I mean, obviously we've been hearing about this since day one, 2015, right? But and Mark said it seems like a long time. I think the Bruins, obviously, when they do these development camps in the summer, it's great for them as an organization. It gets the guys to learn what it's like to be a pro and all this stuff. Yeah. But it, it also puts these guys' names in the in the fan base's mind. So for so long that they're they're like expecting everyone to come out and, and be a, a be an NHL player two years from now. I mean, right. defensemen always take a longer time. I mean, even Tory Krug needed a full year in the AHL and, and would not have been called up if it were not if they didn't have the injuries in the 2013 playoffs, right? So, yep. um, and then even in 2013-14, he wasn't great that year. He you know they had to protect him a lot. So. Um, it's it's good to hear that. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't think uh, I wouldn't go as far as like thumbs down of Vakanen. I think I think we're I think as an organization and like Mark is saying, they're maybe a little disappointed in his in his work ethic. I think also the little bit I've seen of Vakanen, I'm not saying that he's not you know maybe this disengaged player at times, but there's also a smoothness to him that you see a lot that where guys get translated that oh this guy's not trying as hard because he's smoother. I mean, we know about his skating. They've been right. bragging about it since they drafted him, so maybe it reflects itself differently. And, but maybe he needs to if he's not going to if your skate skating makes you look like that, then you need to do other things to make it look like you're you're really intense and send the message like like Mark said. I mean, if Bruce is criticizing you after a practice, <clears throat> yeah. you're in trouble. Lauko, you and I are both high on. But yeah. now but now he says it's a good point, one full season yeah. away. So we're talking twenty twenty two. Sure. You know? At least but, at least a part of this next season, I would say. I mean, the guy's played at a pretty high level. You know, he's playing he played in, in some tough competition over in, in his country and so yeah. uh you know, like you said, you gotta stay healthy too. But this I don't think it's a debrust situation where they're just gonna commit to one full year. I mean, it'll yeah. obviously depend on how things go. I mean now you know, going back to Frederick again too. Like I brought up Richie. I mean, Richie signed for next year too. So are you kind of blocking? Now I'm not. I'm not projecting Frederick as a fourth line. I'm, I'm saying like a third line guy who checks, is physical, and, and maybe contributes. That's what Richie's supposed to be, really, right? Right. Um, the the depth is going to be uh, an interesting situation there, and um, it goes back to not to harp, not to look too far to the off season again. But when we talk about the DeBrus, the Bjorks, the Coleman's. RFAs, who comes back, who's gone, who's replaceable. And the goalies, um, you know, it sounds like Mark's saying he thinks uh, Vladar has been more impressive than the prospect rankers would indicate. But right. that still says to me, uh, organizationally, they are hoping for Halak to be back for another year. Halak or somebody or someone else, exactly. One more year band But um, yeah, I don't know why, you know what, the, the prospect rankers, I mean, remember that 
the athletic one that was leaving out like two or three guys this summer, and then yeah. the guy afterward was like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I overlooked that." It's like you know, yeah. do, do your do your due diligence. Don't so you, you can't always trust um, the prospect rankers and the draft gurus or whatever. But uh, I mean, the, the fact the fact is, Vladar was hurt most of the two years, so that probably if, if people don't see you play, they can't rank you right. So yeah. and Swayman. He plays every game for Maine. You just gotta hope he's not worn out by the time he gets to Boston. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Even even playing on a good team like Mark said, I mean, I think he's faced a, a ton of shots this year and, and plays pretty much I think he's played all but one game or something. Two point one goals against, I think. Yeah, so it's pretty amazing and that's a, <laughs> that's a great sign. But you know, we'll see what the, how the college goalies translate. Uh mm-hmm. never worked out for Zane McIntyre. He had some pretty amazing numbers in uh when he was in college, so it'll be interesting. Anything else from uh, Mark's thoughts you want to pick through? Oh, just Lazon being a shutdown guy. They don't usually do this, but if at some point is Lazon Carlo like a shutdown pair? If especially if Carlo can get his offensive game a little more up there, it, it, maybe not as something you, maybe something nothing yep. you lean on regularly, but like the way sometimes he goes Chara Carlo to yep. close out a game, Lazon Carlo could be your Good your, point. your your closeout pair. I mean, it used to be sometimes it would be Chara and Miller would sometimes close games, mm-hmm. so. It's just interesting to hear. I think, yeah, I think just like Carlo, there's a little bit of offense in Lausanne that'll be there. He'll just have to get his instincts and his decision making. I'm sure there's a million, you know, responsibilities on him. And so when you come up, basically, I mean, this is his first time playing these really pivotal games. Second, maybe, I guess maybe a second lengthy call up. You know, you're always don't want to get burned, and then you worry about the offense later, right? I mean, he he was on the ice for the one Tampa goal Tuesday, but he's just I mean he's impressing yeah. every night. I mean he is he's, he's a lot stronger than I thought. Yes, now. he and, is. You know, we just gotta stay healthy. That's that's been his thing too. I mean, we always talk about this with the, with all these guys, but you know he's he's been banged up a little bit. Uh, had a concussion last year or the year before, so but uh, you know a good a good value second round pick again. So maybe pe- and then you know we didn't even bring up Sinition, right? So I know, and he's a friend of the pod, a friend of the podcast. But, um, I feel guy, bad, but he's out of the, he's out of the mix right now. Yeah, I think he could be in the mix next year, training camp. Yeah. You know, he'll be in, in, in there, and assuming they bring him back, I think he's I think he's RFA just like Zaboral. So it's interesting to see what Sweeney does with those guys. If he were to not qualify them, that would kind of well take his lumps on that. So I don't know how he, how he proceed with that. Well, I have a feeling you might hear Mark Diver again on uh, Sunday morning on Sunday Skate, a two hour edition now, bumped up seven to nine a.m. Are you going to be there for hour one or no? Uh, hour one of like the world? Or, <laughs> no, you're not coming. You're coming at eight. I'll be here in the playoffs. Oh, the solo hour. Well, then you're definitely going to hear Mark Diver. Well, not when there's a Saturday night game coming at seven a.m. the next You'll morning. You'll be there by just 7 so you can have you know Brady watch start at nine. <laughs> I mean, a normal show would be eight to ten, and then you start the Brady watch. Any Brady thoughts before we leave or no? <laughs> <laughs> Brady Kachuk. <laughs> That is Matt Kalman. We will talk to you on Sunday morning. Check us out, 93.7. Give us a buzz, 617-779-7937. Right out of the chute, we'll put you in front of the line. Maria is tough to beat, though. She's in quick, and so is Fred New Hampshire. But, and I agree with Fred. Pasta could be better. <laughs> Fred, Fred's trying to take Wiggy's job, I think. <laughs> See you next week.